I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wocast. Joined as ever by my brothers from different mothers, it's Kairos Bodley and Jasanga Malata. How you doing, fellas? I'm very well. Well, as well as one can be, given what's going on in the United States. Uh, to our, well, I was about to say just our fellow fellow brethren, but also um, supporters of uh, of our of the cause of the Black Lives Matter cause, but. Apart from seeing those despicable and disgusting scenes, I'm I'm well. How about yourself, Kairos? I mean, you're, I, I guess, in the thick of it. I mean, being in the land of the free and home of the brave, you must be feeling it a, a little bit closer than uh, us two Brits over here. Oh, yeah. I just, it's this uneasy feeling because people were um, protesting in Detroit uh, a few days ago and I was thinking about going out there. But my parents mm. like, Kairos, you better not. And sure enough, some people got killed that exact night. So it's just like, Jesus. it's sad, man. Is that like killed by the police or is this killed by other protesters? I mean, there just seems to be a little bit of, um, of, of kind of like a blurring of the lines when I, I'm hearing of these deaths and seeing them reported on Twitter. They said it was some random man who pulled up in a van and just started opening fire on civilians. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Yeah. Man, well, our thoughts go out to you know the brothers and sisters out there. Um, I, 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 am just flabbergasted, and I, I have to say, a little bit stuck for words from what I saw unfolding on Twitter. And um, you know, that image I think will haunt me forever. And you know, I know this isn't a political um, podcast. But I think it would be kind of remiss of us not to kind of like give our own reflections on it. And, you know, the thing I would take away from this is, you know, I understand, you know, the brothers and sisters who are out on the street and, you know, who are actually living this and feeling this on a, on a day-to-day basis. And I, I think, you know, initially I, I voiced my opinion about, you know, essentially what, you know, people are actually going through and how they're actually protesting. But... I think it it'd be a, a little bit kind of um, backward to start lecturing people on how they should actually be expressing themselves when it comes to effectively, you know, a form of protest which they've had to resort to because their voice hasn't been heard. No, yeah. I, yeah, I I completely completely agree with you. And uh, there's only so much that you can you can push people, and until you get a reaction. Now. We're all in agreement that we don't want to see looting or or any any form of violence, but you can only push people for so long, especially yeah. especially the African community, African American community, who are in a heightened state already because of the coronavirus. This is all going on in the backdrop of the coronavirus, where African Americans and other minorities are losing their lives more than uh, Caucasian Americans, and they're losing their jobs faster than Caucasian Americans. So things are already heightened for them and the the amy cooper situation followed by the the murder of uh of george floyd is just exasperated it and yeah and 
it's lit lit the blue touch paper well and truly. Mm. I'm gonna be real with you right now. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't like the way the process is going on. I don't enjoy this sort of thing. I'm gonna be real. I'm not here to say I want people to get hurt. I'm not here to say I want people to get killed. But I've just had enough of people trying to use the whole peaceful protest angle. But then you go back and you see American history and we consistently kill off peaceful protest advocates. That fucking argument yeah. is done. That shit is gone. The second you started killing off people who wanted to do things peacefully and hiring government officials to do it and cover it up, that's the second where I'm just done with you. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care about any of that. Deal with it. These are the same communities that were marginalizing people with redlining, with the black butterfly, with all these other issues, and they are still in effect to this day. So I don't want to hear about anybody trying to come from their high horse when they don't know history. Yeah. Mm. And, I, and I think as well, it's once you've had that voice taken away in terms of peaceful protest, once you've had the means by which to actually communicate in a language where people aren't hearing you, well, you know, there isn't much really left for you to do. Plus, you know, having seen the kind of like wanton violence being inflicted on people who are protesting, you know, by the police, it does make you think, well, okay, what other avenue do, do, do these people have? What other means by which people who are suppressed, how can they get their voices heard? So, you know, not that I'm condoning it, but I can understand and I fully appreciate why people are doing what they're doing. Well, it it, it just baffles me. Like, if you, if you go back... If you look back in the, in the history books, what kickstarted the American Revolution? It was the Boston Massacre, which was a riot, which was caused by American colonists, uh, who I, I think I think they this beat up on a on a British soldier. My, my history is incorrect, but the point is a riot kickstarted the American Revolution. So, but when when other people riot, who other people who are persecuted do the same thing, it's barbaric. But the Amer the uh, the uh, the Boston riot in seventeen seventy is is celebrated as a as a seminal moment in American history. It's mm. yeah, exactly <laughs> when people destroy their city because their sports team won and or lost. Like I just I'm so sick of people playing this game of hierarchies. Of, oh, well, it was okay when we did this because we're doing no fuck that. It's either all okay or it's not okay. And let's be frank. Look, you don't even have to go back um, as far as you know the Native American um, slaughter. There's karmic energy being played out here, if you ask me, because for a nation that was kind of like founded and actually, you know, set up on the backs of slaves, on the backs of you know, Native Americans, I mean, this is kind of like coming full circle. People have had enough of being oppressed. People are having enough of having their bloodshed. And people basically have had enough of the, the, the white supremacy, which basically underpins all of this so you know i can understand i really can understand why people are saying now enough is enough yeah it's uh, exactly people people have rightly as you said they've had enough and they're, they're coming together and they're just showing that even in the midst of a, a, a global crisis where humans are fighting for their lives they're they're showing that they're no longer going to have to tolerate fighting for their own lives in a land where they're meant to be free and be safe. America, on the whole, is going through a fight itself. I mean, it does seem to be, you know, black against white fight. I mean, if you, if you let the media actually dictate this to you. Speaking of white fights, Dana White, John Jones seems to be having a white fight before our very eyes. Yeah, man. Like, well, literally just moments before we we start recording john has essentially 
come out and said, yeah, I'm out. I'm vacating the title, Jan and uh, Dominic Reyes. You can fight for it and maybe I'll fight in 2021 if you come correct with that Israel Adesanya super fight money. I, for one, I've just been baffled by by the fact that these these negotiations or the or yeah the, the negotiations have have publicly have publicly turned sour if you if you know what i mean because normally the ufc they like to keep all their ducks ducks in a row and and make sure that they they aren't looking bad in in any light and in this instance they look very very bad because Dana White, as you saw, I think yeah, it was on it was on Friday. He said that John wanted to come out and uh, make Deontay Wilder money, and John then mm-hmm. came out and, and uh, well, I, I don't know if he intentionally <laughs> called Deontay Wilder Deontay 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 Wilder <laughs> or whatever, but um, yeah. So and John then he, he he basically put the UFC on blast, and he was like, well. I don't even make uh, a quarter of what Deontay Wilder makes. He didn't say it in uh, verbatim like that. I, I believe he said, I don't even make half of half of what he makes. So, um, yeah, I've, I, it, it just, the, the, the whole situation with, given, given, given the current climate now, especially given the current climate now, when pay-per-view sales are absolutely paramount, it just baffles mm-hmm. me that White is, well, I don't want to say necessarily publicly dragging John through the mud. Like, well, some of the comments that he's made have, like, kind of have done that, where he's bringing up his uh, his past transgressions. But then he's like, "But oh yeah, he's the greatest." But it just baffles me that he's not trying to keep him on side, and 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 so then he can have a John Jones pay per view do well because John Jones he probably does around. I'd say I think he's. I think he's had four or five pay-per-views that have done over 500,000. 500, I know the two biggest ones were with the DC fights. So it just baffles me that in this current climate, especially with like the lack of major, major fights that you can make, that you're, you're, you're pissing off your boy like this. And now he's essentially saying, yeah, I'm out, which, I mean... I'm sure Dana will, will be will be picking up the phone soon because how on earth are you going to sell a Dominic Reyes Jan Blachowicz fight? Don't get me wrong, I love both guys, especially Jan Blachowicz. I mean, the progress that he's made in like the last three fights is it's been really really good. It, it, uh, I think the turning point for me was the rematch with Jimmy Manuel. Um, what a war that was at UFC London. I think that was was that two years ago or so. Yeah, that was. It feels like two. Years yeah, ago. I feel. I think. I think it was two years ago. That was a. That was a very impressive performance from him. But I mean, Jan Vakovic or Dominic Reyes being the light heavyweight champion in the world. I know Dom is the uncrowned champion or whatever. But mm. I mean, that's the, that's the worst nightmare for the UFC. So, I mean, Dana better pick up the phone. Dana Hunter or or Sean, they better pick up the phone and just. Just, just add an, just add another zero to John's paycheck. You know, just, just do it. You can make like, you've got the money. You've got that Disney money. You got Mickey Mouse can chuck them, throw some D's down. You know, so <laughs> yeah, just, just pay the man. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Dana White, as you know, has had or has a steeped history in being adversarial with fighters. I mean, he's had public spats with Tito Ortiz in the in the past. Um, privately, he's, um, if um, rumours are to be uh, believed, he's had um, spats with Conor McGregor. Also, um, Tyron Woodley. Now, the fact is this. He 
effectively is quite a clever man. I'll tell you why. He plays bad cop to Hunter or whoever it is, is good cop. He'll have uh, a public fallout, but behind the scenes, he's got his good cop actually patching things and effectively everybody gets what they want. And that's what I feel is going to happen here. It's happened in the past with John Jones. They've had fallings out before, if you recall. Plus, mm-hmm. This does seem to be the way that Dana White works in that publicly he will never ever back down. He will always be wrong and strong regardless of who it is. But behind the scenes, someone will come and pick up the pieces because that's what people like Hunter are for. That's what people who actually do the the negotiation will bring people around the table. Um, That's what their job is. Think about it. Dana White, the public face, the personification of the UFC behind the scenes, that's where the real business gets done. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree. So, uh, but uh, it just baffles me that you'd want to put out the perception that you're at loggerheads with your with your biggest stars. Uh, it, 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 it does, it doesn't make sense. Like, does don't you guys wonder that as well? Why would you want to make it look as as, as if you're at war with your biggest stars and like turmoil? Is it because you want the fans to be? to be biting on every development or every word that you say i i i don't know but yes yeah that's that's classic promotion that's one that's that's classic promotion 101 you are the villain basically you play up to that brand value which you've established yourself as this isn't something new that we've seen like develop overnight this is dana white dana white 101 is use every single opportunity to play up or to promote either a feud whether it's between fighters or whether it's between him and fighters because essentially what he's doing there he's doing his job he's promoting yeah i I've, i agree with that but there have been some instances where i think as you say that he never he never reneges he never backs down there have been some instances mm. where i think it's been it's been a bit too far where right? i think eh, you probably should just admit when you're wrong although actually <laughs> actually um I was surprised that remember the the whole fallout from the Habib situation when Habib got told, okay, go to the UAE, the fight will be in the UAE, blah 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 blah, and then Habib came out with that statement saying that the UFC essentially jerked him around. Uh, he did, I, I believe, in an interview with Breakout Mo, he did eventually he eventually said that the UFC, that it, um, the whole sorry that the whole uh, fuck up was from the UFC's part. That it was from <laughs> there was his fuck up. Which yeah. which kind of uh, kind of baffled me, but I think given the circumstances of everything, and I don't know whether um, Habib's father um, Abdulmanap, who we're still praying for and hopes makes uh, full recovery, I don't know if mm. he was beginning to exhibit signs of COVID nineteen, so maybe that's why he said something like that or whatever. But yeah, that's that that's one of the the rare times. Pigs were flying and the comet was passing the the earth where Dana White publicly came out and said, yeah, I was wrong. Do you think it's more so of him playing, um, I guess you could say promoter or him like really sitting back and trying to use the current situation to force John's hand and it just didn't go his way? Because I was looking at it and as soon as John was like, show the text messages, blah, 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 John understands his position. John can't show those text messages. He, you're liable for suit for that. But because Dana White's the promoter, he can dis, he can show those text messages and he knows. So he's coming from a position of power. But yet mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm not going to show the text messages. John can show them or he can take a lie detector. So I'm like, I don't know, man. I think this is just like... It could be promotion, but I feel like he's really trying to force John to take his peanuts instead of, like, making more. 
This is peak theatre. Take a lie detector test. Show <laughs> text. Come on. What? What, what? what are we looking at here? We're looking at something which is... An episode of Maury Povich, geared, UFC edition. Yeah, it's, it, it's geared towards entertainment. So nothing actually deters me from sticking to my guns in saying that this is pure theatre and it's promotion 101. Yeah, but eventually you you have to wonder what the outcome is going to be in this situation, because if John has really vacated the 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 light heavyweight title, I think the ball is well and truly in his court. Because the UFC, as big as a promotion as they are, they don't really have bar, barring barring Connor, and I'd say Khabib. Those are probably the only two real pay per view draws that they have in there of like. Other than that, I can't think of any any who would sell close to eight hundred thousand or seven fifty. The I think I think the only other one that did around eight hundred k or seven fifty was GSP against Michael Bisping in twenty seventeen. But those that was GSP's comeback fight before you layoff and and everything. Yeah. And the card and the card was stacked. So who like who else is going to be giving you giving you like plus uh, five hundred thousand pay per view buys, especially in this climate? Well, I mean, they're guaranteed 500k from ESPN, though. So technically, they're guaranteed. So you know, anybody, I could sell 500. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my issue is this though too. Like Dana White's track record, he usually always wins. He usually always comes out on top. I don't think I remember him ever losing. Like he was like Yair, better fight Zabit. Yair was like, I'm not doing it. Cut him. <laughs> and Yair got cut. <laughs> I forgot Yair, about that, man. Do you remember you Yair forgot. when he just got cut? I forgot about that. Yes. Mm. Then it was like, Aldo, better fight Pettis or he's going to be sorry. Aldo was like, okay, fine. And Aldo was like, oh, I got hurt. I guess I can't fight him anymore. And Daniel was like, I think I might strip him. He was literally talking about stripping this man for not fighting up a weight class for a belt that he wouldn't defend. So it was just, yeah. and there's another situation. What was, oh, I'm trying to rattle him off on something. But this man, Dana White, is on kill mode. So if you get on the tracks, you're going to get ran over. I don't care who you are, especially, especially John. Yo, it was, uh, you, you bring up the Yair Rodriguez situation getting caught. That was two years ago now. That was too, man. Time is flying. Just, yeah, that was a minute ago. That was two years ago, man. Yeah, but like, like, like you say, Dana White goes scorched earth if if things go don't go his way. But like, well, you ain't gonna do this. Well, <laughs> I, I, I kind of admire it to a certain extent, but it's a behavior reminiscent of his Republican friend, and we'll leave. He's it like at that. Cersei Lannister from um, Game of Thrones. He's Cersei. What's her name? I think it's Cersei, right? That's him, bro. Oh, my God. Well, you've got got to put a picture up of uh, Dana White and Cersei Lannister's body (laughs) now. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. Well, moving on. um, I mentioned Tyron Woodley earlier and uh you know coincidentally that's what i wanted to bring to the table this week tyron woodley tyron woodley where do we start kairos okay you know i'm a man who's oh, no, let me set this up let me set this up because we haven't got to you yet we're just like bringing you in as an incidental character so that people know you're waiting center stage left to come in now the way that i look at it is this tyron woodley talked a good talk in the week and I love the way in which he flipped it in that look Leon Edwards this was him directly talking to the camera addressing Leon Edwards look 
don't worry about me talking about I'm ducking and you know I'm looking over you know to a next man and you know haven't even fought you when that's rightfully who you should be fighting let's let's not even go there at the end of the day let's just go back to when Tyron Woodley was talking about the fact that he needed to fight and there's a reason why I'm actually um, mentioning this he was desperate to fight he had to fight and I think he thought that Gilbert Burns was a means by which he could get easy money easy payday boy was he wrong that was that was I have to say a one-sided beatdown last night but we haven't even got there yet going back to his midweek address to um, Leon Edwards in that he said that maybe just maybe he needs to sort out what happened between him and Jorge Masvidal backstage at UFC London before he even opens his mouth. Now, okay, I am paraphrasing. That wasn't the exact wording, but that was the sentiment that perhaps Leon Edwards needed to concentrate on that beef, dead in that beef, sorting that situation before he puffs up his chest and walks towards Tyron Woodley. Now, fast forward to Saturday night. Remember I was talking about the fact that he needed that payday. That's the way that he fought last night. It was almost as though it was he was phoning in the performance because he had to do it. He had to mm. actually go through the motions to get that check, to get that money, to get that payment. We all know that he only got $20,000 for not performing at UFC London. That was way below his purse. That was a drop in the ocean considering how much he said that he had in terms of debts. Now, I just wanted to say this. Never underestimate how hungry a guy who is looking to fill your position is because that's how hungry the performance that Gilbert Burns actually put in. That, I have to say, was a shocker. That wasn't what I was expecting. But also, I feel as though it's almost as though we're seeing a, a, a almost a 2.0 of Gilbert Burns because those flying knees and the, 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 the leg kicks just, just destroying Tyron Woodley's legs and, you know, the double hooks, they were absolutely magnificent to behold and to watch. Now, finally, I just want to say this. I don't know if Tyron Woodley will ever fight Leon Edwards now because I said this a while back it was an easy kill and I was shocked and surprised that Gilbert Burns was brought in because I knew that kill would be taken from Leon Edwards so I don't think that Leon Edwards should even be considering anything in terms of conversation even with Tyron Woodley because it's clear that he's not worthy it's clear that his mindset is more on picking up a, a paycheck it's clear with all the training that he did in Thailand that, you know, he's not on the level of Leon Edwards. Because I feel that if Leon Edwards had been in the same situation as Gilbert Burns, he would have knocked Tyron Woodley out. But anyway, okay. I remember a, a certain person uh, who's going to come in, obviously now, <laughs> hungry and salivating. Um, Tyrus Bodley had a lot to say about my tweet when I actually expressed, <clears throat> you know, the fact that this kill would be taken by uh, by Gilbert Burns and that it was rightfully due to Leon Edwards to so come in from stage left, Kairos Bodley. 
Listen, you've been internalizing this for what? <laughs> 72 hours? You were just waiting. You were waiting for this. You just like, I'm going to write this down in my bathroom. Kairos ain't going to be able to say shit when Gilbert went. You were mad. You were mad. Oh, guess what, though? Guess what? You were right, and mm. I was wrong. Hold on, hold on. Pause. What did you say? <laughs> you was right, and I was wrong. No. <laughs> Listen, okay. Louder for the man in the back. <laughs> you only get two. You only get two. If I if I get my press credentials, maybe I'll maybe I'll say it again. We'll see. Anywho, this man Tyron Woodley had us all fooled. He had us fooled. He went to Thailand for a year. He was trained. I'm like, oh, Woodley 2.0 about to come out. He's gonna be aggressive. That man's back was glued to the octagon wall for like 52 minutes. He's still there. He's still in the cage with his back up against the wall right now. And you know what? I'm not here to like put him down because I'm a fan of Tyron Woodley, and Same. I just I just felt like. I don't know. It, it, he just didn't seem like. No, I, I can't take. That. I can't say that. It just didn't seem like what I expected the fight to go. <laughs> I expected it to be back and forth. I expected it to probably go down to the wire, and maybe it's like a decision, mm. maybe a split decision. That's what I felt like. But it didn't go that way, and it really begs the question of where does Simon Willie go from here? He's thirty-eight years old, or is he thirty-eight? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's up there in age, and it's like if you don't change this style, like completely one eighty. You're going to continue losing because let's look back. His style got exposed against Rory McDonald a few years ago, and Dana White talked about it, and a lot of people forgot it. And then it happened again against Wonderboy, but he, it was a draw the first time, and the second time he won. But still, that whole regressive, conservative style is great if people want to walk into strikes, but it's just for people who know what you're up to, it's hard. It's hard for you to win fights. And to what you said about Leon Edwards, KO, and Tyron <clears throat> Woodley, first of all, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. it would be a TKO. If he's gonna if he's gonna finish time with Lee, it's gonna be a TKO. He ain't knocking that man cold. It ain't it ain't going down like that. Leon is very gifted. I just don't think he would KO him though. And looking back, I was watching Leon fights right after the main event because I was thinking, is Woodley gonna face Leon? I don't know. Blah blah blah. Um, I really think Leon's best option right now is to take a fight that's either right below. Um, the champion size, which is like Steven Wonderboy Thompson, like what we talked about, or he should go out of his way to take on somebody that no one wants to fight that's available, that's lower in the rankings. Because I don't think they're going to give him that title shot right away. I don't think he's next. I think they're going to pass him over because they're disrespectful and they're sleeping on him, if we're just being real. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's, I mean, I'm I'm Leon's biggest biggest songbird um, on Twitter I'm vocalized every time I see a debate about who should get the title shot I'm I'm longer proponent of a meritocracy which the UFC have thrown in the bin a long time ago 2015 mm -hmm. and Leon deserves a title shot but I don't believe he's going to get it I think <laughs> so, something something just tells me that that Masvidal is really going to rematch Nate, and I think they're going to run back the Colby Usman fight. I think that I think for some reason they're going to do that, which is it's it's completely well, it's completely <clears throat> baffling for, for me that Colby is even in the conversation, considering the man got stopped. So it's 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 very perplexing. But going it's back, it's not to though. When you think about it, it's about compelling matchups. Look where the UFC is at the moment. It needs to keep the momentum that it has at the moment in terms of people being interested in this these are your sellers these are the people who will bring bring people to the dance they will bang the drum people like colby covington he talks very loud and maybe just maybe he can back it up in certain circumstances but the key thing about these people who you're talking about 
they actually bring people to the dance. Yeah, but as, as I said there, I'm, I'm, I'm old school, meritocracy. The man is on a set, Leon's on a set, uh, eight fight win streak. That's even me yeah. dis- being disrespectful by not getting the number right. He's on an eight mm. fight win streak. And I mean, back, back in the day, well, he's essentially earned a title shot nearly two times over. Because back in the day, like I say back in the day, like maybe maybe four or five years ago, maybe a bit longer than that, you'd get a title shot off a four or five fight win streak. So, but going back to going back to Tyron's performance, considering as you said, uh, he's been very he's been very vocal about his uh, his uh, what's a polite way of putting it his mismanagement of his money. Uh, and <laughs> as, as, that, no, that, that that's that's the nicest way to put it. I don't want to say he's he's been reckless or or whatever because we don't know what expenses he might have. He's got a family and stuff like that. Um, but he wasn't really fighting like somebody, as you said, that wanted to wanted to make bank. If you know what I mean. If you if you, no. if, if you want to make bank and you want to try to get that extra fifty thousand dollars as mm. well, which would make a massive massive difference, especially as I say, in in the the current global situation, you'd expect him to go for broke. So it was just baffling for me that he did like that he didn't go for that, that he didn't go for it from from the get go. I thought. I thought that he was going to meet Gilbert in the center of the <clears throat> octagon. The, granted, the, the, after the, uh, Herb Dean said fight the first time, Gilbert literally rushed him straight away. Yeah. So then, then, he, then he put him <laughs> on the back foot. Yeah. But I expected in the second or third round, like, okay, especially after the first round, because Gil, Gilbert dealt with him in the first round. He so, got yeah. busted up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that gash on his head, you could fit, you know, you fit coins in there. <laughs> so yeah, deep. man. You could, not not quite as uh, bad as uh, Gabriel Benitez is, but still still nasty oh. enough to still, look at. Still something to think about for five rounds, though. Yeah. So I, I, I would have thought that after, like, at the beginning of the second round, I would have thought, okay, I need to come back. I need to I need to make a statement this round. I need I need to him to to have my respect. But yeah. again, he's reverted to, to this style that doesn't... Uh, well, well, I I don't want to say that it, uh, the puzzle's been been solved on on how to beat Tyron Woodley because I mean he's lost to two of the best in the world, so it's far for me to say that that he's done. But s- something needs to change, you know. Like he needs he needs to be a bit more aggressive, and I mean especially if he wants to like try recoup some of the financial losses that that he's made. I mean I don't know I don't know what his contract situation is or or whatever, but. Yeah, like given given how open he was about his uh, f- financial issues, that's probably a, a better way to to say it. You'd yeah. expect you'd expect him to fight like a man, like fuck, who's he's hungry. Got to lose. Yeah, he's got yeah. yeah exactly. Who's hungry? But but at the what, same, what I saw, and I know this is a little bit unkind, but what I saw was. You know, somebody who was being pressed back wasn't pressing the action. You know, I don't want to say timidity because there wasn't. There were, you know, there was an attempt to actually be in the fight, but not enough mm-hmm. to make me feel as though he was hungry for it. Yeah, like I, I think it didn't help that he went through that adversity early in the first round oh, as well. Man. Yeah, I, I think that that probably put the, the the writing on the wall. But going back to a point of. Uh, him saying that he essentially he's, he's he's not in a good financial way it worries me when fighters are solely just focused on the paycheck and they're just getting in there especially to like towards the latter stages of their career which i know woodley is still one of the best in the world like two losses in a row 
doesn't mean shit in that in that aspect. But yeah. When a fighter starts saying, "No, oh, I'm just fighting for like the money," or what, it's it's really worrying, and th- those are situations where fighters can can suffer serious serious injuries. I I keep thinking this in my head over and over about that guy who was being interviewed um, last night. I forget his name. He won his fight, and he was very disgusted with his performance. He was like, "I was trying to make the bonus. I got to go back to my job tomorrow because oh, I man. probably didn't." Yeah. Like that broke my heart when I was mm. watching that. I was like, "Yo." That is so, so you look at you look at him too. He's at the entry level. He's like at the entry level of the USC as far as where his status is. And then you look at a guy who's been murking fools like Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal just was able to quit his job as a waiter. He had an impressive performance too. I thought he did phenomenal. I thought he was a great guy. I thought and at the end, he just knew right away it wasn't enough. He went out there and gave his everything. He gave his everything into every single fight. Brandon and then at the Roy end, you were talking about, by the way. It's Brandon Roy so Val, the name of the fighter. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so he wins his fight. I think he pretty decisively, and he goes back out there. Is just like I'm disgusted by my performance because I know I have to go back to work tomorrow, and I really needed this bonus to help me. And it's like, damn, bro. Yeah. So if you're out here grinding like that, and you still are hungry, and you go out there and put on a performance like that, and you still don't get any extra money to help you, like, what type of what are we doing for these fighters right now? And it goes back to also, we tried this thing with everyone thinking we don't need a union. You had a few fighters saying that we're going to do it, and then secretly behind doors, I guess money was made and deposits were made, and the fighters were just like, no, I'm not about it. And then they made sure they kicked out the ringleader. Like, I believe it was like Leslie Smith and a few other guys, Cajun Johnson, like got kicked. And so it was just like, we, you guys really need to stand tall on this one. I know the rich of the rich of the sport don't want this because they're going to continue to make money, but y'all got to stand up. Everybody else outside the top 10 needs to just sit back and say, listen, we got to be united on this front. Well, hopefully the Jones situation will will uh, shine further light on on the fact that fighters need to get paid more. And I mean, as as you said, I watched the the Brandon Roy Val face to face web stream or whatever, and it was heartbreaking. You could see the yeah. pain in it. You could see the pain in him when he was saying. It looked that. like he was crying. Yeah, yep. and 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 let, let's flip it. Could you imagine this? The how how he would have been feeling if he'd got the extra fifty thousand performances and a night bonus or whatever. Oh, that that's that's probably him realistically set for a year financially for his family, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like yeah. that could be all your, your your mortgage payments done or, or or what have you. And instead we're we're in a situation where fighters are fighting in the elite promotion in of mixed martial arts, the promised land, are having to go to work the next day after engaging in, in, in a war. It's just it's it's completely perplexing and just baffling for me. Hmm. How do you feel about fighters deciding, all right, I'd rather take a lower uh, payout contract for the UFC to be in there and sacrifice that versus going to a different promotion that's going to compensate me? Uh, well, if, if you said this to me before the Reebok deal, I would have been like all for it because... Uh, companies would will jump at the opportunity just to have anyone in the UFC so they, they could mm-hmm. slap their logos on their shorts or whatever. Shout out to the old retro condom depot if they're still about. I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember them? Oh, that Do you remember so that? Bad. God. that was yeah. So bad. Yeah. But um but now with the Reebok with the Reebok deal, which thank God is seemingly coming to an end this year, I think. Um I I I, I wouldn't advise a fighter to do so. I'd, I'd say go make your money in Bellator. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the day, I know there's there's this stigma that if you're not fighting in the UFC, you're not you're not in the top promotion and you ain't shit. But at the same time, you've got to take care of your your, your families. And I mean, the big names in Bellator realize that Musashi, 
Douglas Lima, MVP as, as well, yes. and Chris Cyborg as well. They they all know they're like, well, we're getting extra <laughs> money from sponsors and whatever. The promotion might might not be paying us like uh, big bucks up front like the UFC or whatever, but we're still getting that money elsewhere. So, yeah, it's it, it's a no brainer for me. If the opportunity came, I would sign for Bellator. You mentioned the um, outfitting deal coming to an end. Who do you think the front runner is? Kyle Kanai. Who did you say? Who, what? Kyle Kanai. What is that? I'm so. I'm, I don't mean to be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a '90s hip hop brand. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's why I, I didn't want to like offend anybody. If that was like legit, I, I don't know. <laughs> you might as well have said Fubu. 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 Like, you know, we get yeah, sponsored by Fubu. Twenty twenty one with Fubu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. Like, I I've always had it in my head that it would be pretty cool if the UFC partnered with uh, with Adidas, so you could have like the UFC like logo in each of the stripes. You could have the like slanted Ooh. U F and then C. Okay. Yeah. Okay, this man's a thinking man. We yeah. got a brother in here. Okay. That, uh, <laughs> all right. I'm copywriting this idea of UFC before <laughs> you, you, you you come and, you come and steal it. Well speaking, well, speaking of ideas that they, they hear on the airwaves or whatever, have you seen the trademark in that UFC thing that was on the... Uh, yeah, the UFC, Oliver? that yeah. actual water. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, hey, Love it. They, 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 I'll wake up tomorrow morning, they would have trademarked that Adidas thing. That would be like, it would be leaked. <laughs> Aaron will break the news overnight or some shit. <laughs> Make yeah. your money. Yeah. Sakaris. Sorry? Mm-hmm. No, I, I was, I was about, about... Oh, huh? no. So I was just about to say, I don't know who the hell they're going to go with. But personally, for me, I would love it if they just went back to the days of like the free for all, the colorful shorts or whatever. Or maybe you could have like more like so you could have the, the base uniform, like the shorts or whatever, the short and the, the, the jackets. But you can you can decorate it with what you want, however many sponsors you want. Hmm. Okay. Takaris, what you bring to the table this week? Listen, I got two topics for you. <laughs> the first one, <laughs> it might get some people rubbed the wrong way. We can either go with that one. <laughs> yeah, we let's go, go with that one. <laughs> Yo, how Always do y'all feel making about- <laughs> trouble. That's what it says on the strap line. Let's um, live the brand. Well, here's a little like segue into that. Here we go, evil. Here we go. Oh, God. How do y'all feel about my grotesque eye headlining a UFC event? Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind. What did you just say? I said, "How do you guys feel about my girl Jessica I headlining a UFC event?" Oh come on, man. Anyway, sorry, um, Kairos, I jumped in there. Um, sorry, Chisanga, I jumped in there. Yeah, hey, uh, I've, I've, I, I don't know. Like, if it, it's, it's quite surprising. Again, like, given as, as I said, given the current climate, that you want to draw as much eyes as possible to the brand. In the hopes that you obviously with uh you can then further on people's attention to the pay-per-views but it i'm, I'm and i'm not trying to be disrespectful to jessica i'm a, I'm a fan of her, of her of her fighting style but th- this fight doesn't really if, to to quote dana dana white it's it's not really a needle mover is it it, it's, no. it's 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 baffling like whilst i'm happy whilst i'm always happy for fighters who feature lower on cards to to get their shine in the co-main events and uh, and main events it's again it's just it's if i know i use this word so often in this uh, podcast this is very perplexing 
Not to me, because again, to quote Dana White, he did say that they'd get to a stage where, you know, they would have exhausted their roster and it feels as though that being the headliner means we're at that point. Plus, did you see the glee and the excitement in his eyes when he was talking about Fire Island? That's when we're going to see the expansion in terms of talent pool. I think that we are there where he said we would be. So this isn't perplexing at all. It's it's where we, well, where, where we thought we would be because Dana said we'd get there. How, how many how many people do you think are gonna stay up and watch the fight? Or well, not stay up and watch the fights in the UK? Let's 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 use that for for instance. How many people do you think are gonna stay up and watch the fight? And I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way. I'd say around about six. Them being <laughs> the social media team. It's, gosh. You said six. <laughs> <laughs> oh my heart, my heart. Oh. Listen, I'm going to be real with you. You keep saying we're scratching the bottom of the barrel. We can do better than this. We can, I don't believe this is the best we can do. I, I refuse to. We got some of the best fighters on the planet in the UFC. And you mean to tell me, out of all of them, Jessica Hyde was the best fit in the headline of card. Out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, no. I, I, I don't know. What date is the card? Is it a weekend card or is it a midweek card or... Uh, I don't know. I haven't yeah, looked at it at all. Head, I didn't know either. Yeah, I didn't even look. I I, I know um, the the only other fight I can think of that I know on the card is uh, I think Andre Feely's fight and Charles Jordan on that on that card. I'm pretty sure. And I mean, Feely's an entertaining fighter. Like I, well, if if he was if he was headlining, I'd probably stay up and 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 watch it. But again, I've it's. As as Kyra said, I, I think I think we, we we can do better to like with with the product and what fights are being uh, churned out. But I don't want to take away from the shine of of Jessica I and Cynthia Calvia. Jessica I has been in the UFC a while, so why not have her headlining card? And don't get it twisted. I am a massive women's mixed martial arts fan. Don't don't come out here acting like I hate women and I don't want to see them headline cards. But there are so many great female mixed martial artists in the UFC who could have headlined this card over her. Jessica is a phenomenal fighter. Like when she beat Arojo, that was very impressive. Mm -hmm. She's been on a stint at 125 pounds outside of the Valentina Shevchenko fight. But it's like, listen, it's Valentina Shevchenko. There's no shame in you getting knocked out by her. And mm -hmm. people got to let it go. People got to let that go. Okay, yeah. a lot of your favorite fighters have been knocked out cold. Like, come on. So, like, like, I just don't understand why the UFC at least didn't just say, great, we should put together either a name value headliner for this card or a stylistic matchup that's going to be phenomenal. Because I'm going to tell you right now how this fight's going to go. You're going to have Cynthia Calvillo either trying to get the rear naked choke by shooting on a, like, single or double. And then if it doesn't work, you're going to have Jessica I basically boxing her up for five minutes, five rounds straight. That's if and maybe with some clinch work. That's if Cynthia makes it to the fight and she don't get high. Exactly. That's if she doesn't <laughs> miss weight by seven pounds. Like, yeah. Oh, like, it's just like, there's a lot that can go wrong with this. We've seen Jessica miss weight. We've seen Cynthia miss weight. What happens if both of them miss weight? Like, what, what, what are we doing here? The, these aren't the most reliable people when it comes to this stuff. They're talented people and they can fight, but they don't have name value. And it's a lost, lost situation if they can't fight. So it's just like, oh, this is such a gamble. I don't like it. Yeah, man. Well, as I said, good on them that we're getting the the main event slot. Partially, in fact, the more I think about it, I think the UFC are trying to 
push it Calvillo a bit more because they were really high on her for a while. And then uh, who did she lose to? She lost to... I can't remember who she lost to. Was it Carlo? Yes, it was Carlo Esparza. Yeah, that's who it was. And that kind of derailed the... I don't want to say I don't want to say a hype train or whatever, but that that derailed some of the momentum there. But yeah, I think... The more and more I think about it, I think the more and more it's the obviously the UFC are trying to put some shine on on Cynthia. And as well, you know, let's let's also you know give praise to the fact that look, although it was a rocky start, they seem really to have kind of got got this down pack now in terms of getting things back on track, mm-hmm. and um, you know producing fights which, you know, whilst. Not all of them are compelling. The fact is, they've got off their ass and actually done something against a wave of criticism, and that actually does need some kudos as well. Plus, the testing which they've actually put in place as well does seem to be very comprehensive. I caught up with Jamal Hill in the week, and he was actually at the PI being tested as we did the interview, and it sounds as though it is very very comprehensive instead of like the nasal swabs they've got like the you know less invasive but um a little bit more accurate um throat swabs and you know everything is seem seemingly um clinical in terms of the conditions that they're trying to keep people under in that as soon as they've done their test they go straight to the room everything is all masked up they kept on a kind of like strict regime of cleanliness and it does seem as though event by event they have got this whole testing regime down pack now yeah and that's yeah that that's that's very good and it's it's alleviated some of the fears that that we first had especially especially, paramount yeah exactly and they they do deserve credit for that and i think i think the jacare incident probably exasperated the or uh, expedited their their um change in safety protocols but Mm. i mean from everything that I read and from from what I saw of, uh, during fight week, everything was it, it was it was first rate. It was first rate, and nobody tested positive so far. From obviously we don't know from yesterday or early yeah. early this morning or what have you. But I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a success. So I, we we can't talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So All right, what's the other thing you wanted to bring to the table? You want to touch the other one? Too? Yes, that's what I wanted to get to you. I was, I was about to say, all right, Jim, we can't let Kyra slide on this. He said there's two things. Yeah. So you got to tell us both. I said earlier that my girl was Jessica. That was a lie. Jessica is not my girl. My girl is, <laughs> my girl is Macy Chasson. Did y'all see her come for Valerator's <laughs> neck on the TL a few days ago? She came with the full brunt of everyone who's been upset with seeing Valerie post up. Now, I'm not here to say whether her approach was mean or not, because I come from a different background and I didn't really take too much offense with it. But a lot of people are on the opposition. A lot of people think she went too far and a lot of people think she's wrong. And a lot of people are coming, think that she's coming from a position of jealousy or that she wants what Valerie Lareda has. How do you guys feel about the whole situation? I like what Valley Laredo is doing, and I like. I the bet fact you that do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love okay. the fact that fighters are individuals. People are branding themselves and being themselves, and if that makes her comfortable, and I have to say, it makes me comfortable to watch. Okay. Why should anybody else have a problem with it? It's not as though she's been exploited by somebody else. It's not as though someone's pimping her out. It's not as though she's been um, or under duress during it. 
So I really don't see what the problem is. But on the other hand, I can understand where it can be seen as um, selling sex as opposed to, you know, selling talent. But, you know, it's not actually being forced on her. So what's the issue? I'm in complete agreement with you. I completely agree with your sentiment there, Mike. I mean, Valerie, she's she's blessed with what she's blessed with. So <laughs> I, I say this because my fiance is right next to me. So I'm just going <laughs> to. She's staring you down right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, she, as I said, she's blessed with what she's blessed with. She she's. We're in a world now where women can make money however they want. We shouldn't judge people for for how they how they make money. And I, but at the same time, when I say that, I also see Macy's point because at the same time, uh, was it only was it in twenty thirteen or twenty twelve when women first fought in the UFC? I can't I, 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 I can't remember. So it's not been that long. And prior to that. The only women that we would see were these uh, these octagon girls who were wearing skimpy outfits and and, and whatever. And, and the sport of MMA has come come very very far uh, since the women have into uh, the octagon. And you don't want to send send a message to the aspiring mixed martial artists, the the little girls who see these these fighters, that the only way to to get well to further yourself in well, in social media. And in and in mixed martial arts is to, by by sexualizing yourself, so I I see both points. I, I I really do. Yeah, I had a few people like seriously hit me up in my DMs about this, and it was predominantly women. I'm glad it was them because I didn't want to debate this with dudes because I felt like we don't we aren't really in the right like we aren't women. So I feel I felt like we just weren't on the right like you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, yeah. here's 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 the issue like. A lot of the female like athletes who messaged me were saying, "This is what we hate the most—not hate the most, but this—we don't like this because it sends a message to a lot of the male people who are tuning in to look at her content that says, listen, if I'm not fuckable, I don't—you're not going to pay attention to me and my ability to fight as a fighter.' Let's be real. Valerie Reda has about three hundred thousand Instagram followers right now. How many of those people do you think watch her actually compete? Guarantee you, it's less than ten percent of her actual Instagram following." Guaranteed. There's no because first of all, you only have two fights in in Bellator. Period. Point blank. Also, you have like those. It's not even like that you've cultivated a fan base for the sport. So people saying that this is going to help the sport, not really, because you're helping people who want to watch the sport just to see you. And if the people who are just there to see you aren't necessarily even going to watch you in the end, then what exactly are you doing this for? But then you have people on the other hand of the coin who are saying, I think that women should be free to express themselves and to those people i say yes you should be free to express yourself and post how you like but you can't put it on me and say that i can't express myself about how you're expressing yourself if i think your shit's corny i should be able to say that because mm -hmm. you're expressing yourself i'm expressing myself i think, I think her well. shit is corner I, you see that that i hear but i didn't really see the outcry the outpouring of emotion when elias theodore had his chest pecks out and his big butt hanging over the the uh, the the octagon, actually, was the octagon? Was it? it was, yeah, it was. It was. Was it, it, was, um, was it LFA? Was it Victor or LFA? It, it, no, it was Invicta. He was yeah. the ring yeah. card boy. I think he was terming himself as. But I didn't really see the outcry. I didn't really see the outrage there. So, you know, come on, let's just give these individuals <laughs> their individual right to express the way that they want to express themselves, man or woman. Because ultimately, they're trying to, you know, excel their brand. And if that's her brand, then leave her to it.
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can set all the thirst traps you want. If they make you money and they get you better, bigger exposure, more power to you. Do you think they're making money? Let's be real for a second. Here's the thing about social media. A lot of these people think that just because you have 300K followers, you're making money. Do you know how many people have hundreds of thousands of dollars? It's not an issue about how many followers you make. You have. These people are making money off of sponsored posts like, hey, use this mm -hmm. code for this. Oh, buy this merch. Buy this. Check out this new thing that I have. That's how they're actually making money. So the fact that you have those followers doesn't equate to cash flow. So this whole argument of, oh, they're using it to make money. That's not the case because I went down her Instagram. Zero sponsored posts, which means oh, zero wow. income is coming okay. in. Oh, okay. I do my due diligence. I do my research. So all y'all talking that trash, remember this. Remember this. <laughs> okay, that somewhat changes the... Uh, yeah, it changes the whole yeah. scenario. Okay. And I guarantee you, you ask... You go into her comment section of a picture and say, who was her last opponent? Guarantee you, they don't know. They don't, they don't know. So you they see, aren't have, watching I, you fight I, either. I have to say, I, I, I ignorantly just assumed that she was making bank off this. Nope. Whether it be an OnlyFans or whether it be um, a Instagram tie-in. I, I, I just assumed that's what the deal was. She'll probably set up an OnlyFans, man. Even, even uh, <laughs> Mike, even Kerry Katona set up one, man. That times are hard. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Have you? Do you know? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. You don't 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 Google Kerry Katona and OnlyFans, Karis. Do nah. not do it. Do not I'm do it to yourself. Right I'm googling right now. Don't do it. To don't yourself. tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, last week I asked you to compile the uh, the greatest mixed martial artist list of all time for uh, for for you for for okay yeah. And uh, I wanted to see if you'd had some time to uh, to come correct with your lists. I, so, I'm, I'm ready and rearing to go, my friend. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll uh, kickstart proceedings as uh, as I did give. I think I think I gave five or six last week. So top of my list, top is, ten. We're going ten. ten we're going to ten. One, yeah, we're going uh, ten to one. Okay, number okay. ten, the natural Randy Couture. Okay. Uh, number nine, and I know this is going to annoy a lot of people. I got Conor McGregor there. I mean, as as we discussed last uh, last Whoa. week, he's the first simultaneous two weight world champion. He has changed the the fight game for for a lot of people, and he's drawn eyes to the sport that w otherwise wouldn't have taken an interest. So that's why his inclusion is uh, is justified, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I'm cracking up about to say this. Unlike last week, we will not be searching for BJ's because at number eight we got BJ. <laughs> yes. We got BJ Penn. We got BJ Penn. Number seven for me, greatest heavyweight of all time, Fyodor Emelianenko. Number six, I've got Henry Cejudo. And I know Ooh. a lot of people might say, "What? What the hell, Henry Cejudo at number six? But people don't. I think people make light of the fact that this man was an Olympic. Olympic champion and one of the hardest sports known to man wrestling and he became a two division UFC champion and he's defended both belts man so yeah like I, I, get, I, I give Henry Cejudo some props and if you look at his body of work as well as, as Kairos uh, pointed out last week to beat Dominic Cruz to beat TJ Dillashaw to beat Marlon Moraes who was a, another feared uh, champion who was in World Series of Fighting as well I mean the the resume speaks for itself and then number five i got daniel cormier number four i've got demetrius johnson i mean his resume and his uh, endless title defense run speaks for itself 
Then I've got number three, John Jones, number two, Anderson Silva, and number one, George St. Pierre. Does anyone have any issues with that? That's a decent list. Very decent list. I'm just a little bit worried about the lack of diversity there, but I, I you know, I, I, will, I will come <laughs> correct um, in trying to address that. Um, do you want to go next? Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't even think. Uh, Amanda knew it. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, yeah. I didn't say nothing. It's done. You're done. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to kill you for this one. Are you going to jump in, Kairos? Sure, I'll go with mine. Let me start off with my honorable mentions. All right. I put Henry Cejudo in my honorable mentions because I feel like it'd be disingenuous to put him on this list when there's such a competitive like group of people on here and he's he's retiring in his prime it's like oh a lot of these people continue to fight in their prime and you're like running out so i'm not really trying to reward that right now that that hurts your chances and also i got randy couture also in here but i felt like his losses also hurt him same with the number 10 guy bj Penn's at number 10 too we bear i was gonna put him or randy at that number 10 spot so we got bj Penn mm-hmm. there at tim matt hughes at nine DC at eight. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep DC at eight. No, 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 no. DC at seven. Amanda at eight. Mm-hmm. Fedor at six. Aldo at five. DJ at four. Anderson at three. GSP at two. John at one. That's a pretty okay. decent list. I, I, I like that. I like that. That's that's a stellar list. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I have no qualms with that list. Mm. Okay. Okay, Mr. here's a controversy. Mr. Controversy. I could, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can hear it brewing. Number 10. Die line, Number die 10. line, die line. Again, uh, I don't know how anybody hasn't actually brought this lady to the table. Cyborg. Oh, yeah. Her dominance in women's mixed martial arts, you know, um, you know, I think is a standard bearer. For me, it will be indelible in, on my brain when she actually clashed. Um, Gina um, Karana I'll, I'll never never ever forget that Daniel Cormier is at number 9 two weight world champion you know I think again dominance in strike force is really what endeared me to Daniel Cormier and he's not done too bad you know transitioning to the UFC number 8 Fedor 27 consecutive fights between 2001 2009 unbeaten uh, in that time period Khabib at number 7 um, being 28 and oh, a fearsome, and I, I would say, you know, he, he does actually, you know, surprise everybody now and again in, 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 in the striking prowess. No one can say that, you know, he is one dimensional considering, you know, yeah. he put Connor in his ass. Let's just not forget that. Uh, number six, Demetrius Johnson. Um, when you think about this man, I, I think that the UFC let a gem go considering he defended 11 times in a row 11 just let that yes. sink in anyway yeah. number 5 Conor McGregor two weight champion uh, I think he changed the game in terms of um, fighter pay I think he changed the game in terms of bums on seats and he changed the game in terms of um, eyes on product I mean in terms of pay-per-views he is well, unprecedented in terms of what he's done. Number four, I've got Amanda Nunes, two-weight world uh, champion and cyborg killer. Let's not forget that. Let's let that just sink, yeah. sink in ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Number three, John Jones. Um, 14 straight title defences. Again, let that sink in. GSP number two. I mean, who could argue that he is the world's greatest welterweight? 
uh, and a two-weight world champ as well. Uh, walking off into the sunset with that middleweight strap. Alison Silver, for me, being number one, I don't know how you could unseat this man, considering um, 10 straight title defences. And, I mean, the plethora of strikes, he's just tremendous on the ground and on the feet as well. I mean, really and truly, there is no one who personifies GOAT other than Anderson Silva when I think of MMA. Anybody yeah, got any I mean, issues with, in my with, top 10? I, I, I don't really have any issues. And yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, you left that Aldo, didn't you, as well? I made that mistake as well. I, 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 when you're compiling these lists, you there's mm-hmm. all there's all, there's always people that you that you forget as yeah. well. I mean, yeah. See, so, I didn't forget Aldo. Um, I, I liked um, Kairos's also rounds. He would have been um, number ten also round, ran. Um, to be honest with you, I, I it's so difficult. These these lists are so subjective as well. But I mean, really and truly, I don't know where I would put Aldo below number number ten. To be honest with you. I'd have to unseat yeah. one of the people who I, you know, really do consider worthy of that that numbered status which I gave him. But you're right, you know, um, he's definitely up there in terms of goat for number ten. I, yeah, I think we. I'm sorry. I was about to say, but, but, but you you were talking about Anderson in his pomp and when like when I was, I, I remember I stayed up. Uh, me and my brother, I convinced my brother to stay up. I can't remember what UFC it was. Was it? Was it UFC 111 when he fought Forrest Griffin? Off the top of my head, I might have to Google that. Mm. And I was just like to my brother, I was like, you need to watch this. You just, you just need to watch this man fight. It wasn't UFC 111. That was, that was St. Pierre Hardy. But, I mean, Anderson went full Matrix that fight. So much so that my brother, to this day, still believes that Forrest Griffin threw that fight. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yeah. I have to so say, much to you, though, for recommending that particular fight, because if there was ever a fight which you could actually get someone on side and actually convince people, look, this is why we consider him the GOAT. That was the one to go for. Plus, I don't know about you, but there's been so many times where I say, you need to watch this fight, you need to watch this fight, and people have basically shit the bed, and you're like... <laughs> Derek yeah. loses in Gadu. You got to watch it. Uh, I did that. I look like yeah. an idiot. I, I look like an idiot when I, my friends in college were like, Kyrus, you love MMA. I was like, yo, you got to check this fight out this weekend. We were all sitting in my dorm. They're like, Kyrus, you idiot. I'm like, oh, God, I deserve that. My, my, no. Mine was Paul Daly and MVP. You have to see this. You can't oh, miss it. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> man, I, I've yeah that fight. The, the the less said, the better, man. I, I've, do, you, I, do you have? I one? love. Um, I, I can't I can't think of one off off, off the top of my head. I, I, pr- I probably have recommended some dud fights, but I just I, I I I can't think think of it. But man, yeah, if you're you're talking about in in Ghana and Derek Lewis, everybody thought that was gonna be carnage. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean. It had all the ingredients, all the ingredients, and I think, especially that was Derek's. Was that Derek's first fight after the um, the Hail Mary comeback against uh, against Volkov. Uh, Volkov? I think it was, wasn't it? I'm not I sure. can't remember. Uh, I'm, I, can't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think Volkov came after that. Oh, did it? Okay, fair enough. I think, but I mean, every like. <laughs> I think I think at some point they've got to, they've got to run that back. I think I, I think they do, and I think then we'll 
we'll get what we are <laughs> the goods that we that we are promised, man. <laughs> Speaking of Ingana, just before we go, I know this wasn't on the docket, but this whole Ingana and Dillian White, I wanted to bring this up. As, yes, um, oh, as, as, as as flipping Paul Revere over here um, to Sanger <laughs> went, against, went, went against went against went against our very own Dillian White. They were supposed to have had um, a mock press conference. Now it was for shits and giggles. It was for bans. Um, mm-hmm. Francis Ngannou and Dillian White, courtesy of Matching, were supposed to have met up virtually, and that is via video link and. Um, for entertainment value, um, this was supposed to have gone down on Saturday via Matchroom. Now, I have to say, you know, hats off to, I think, one of the, um, you know, premier promoters over here, and that is Eddie Hearn, for actually getting yeah. that together. But um, that actually got kiboshed. I do believe that um, it, it was the UFC who actually um, put that to bed, that it um, didn't take place. What, what was that all about? Why, why was that actually crushed, considering it was for shits and giggles? Yeah, I, I I I don't know. Maybe, may uh, I don't know. Maybe the UFC just don't want to be seen to be entertaining the prospect of another fight or in, entering the boxing world. I, I I don't know. Perhaps perhaps that's maybe that's it. But I'm pretty sure that Dana or maybe Eddie vice versa said, "Oh yeah, maybe we could do something together at some point." And I mean, Dana's already obviously we well we know about the the supposed plans and i mean i use word plans with with air quotes for zoo for boxing which doesn't seem to be getting off the uh getting off the ground anytime soon mm. and and even dana's even dana's dropped hints as well like i'm um, uh, he took like a selfie with uh with, with eddie hearn at the ufc performance institute and put some teasing caption as well so i don't know why 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 they pulled the plug on, on the press conference uh it, yeah it would it would have been good fun and now, as it pertains to the matchup itself, Michael, as it pertains to the matchup, I just, I, I, I like Dillian White. I like everything he brings to the table. Mm. He's raw. He's real. Powerful. He's, he's ab- yeah, he's, he's about that life. He really is. But uh, I, I just think that there's something about Francis that I think that he would be able to, maybe maybe within like four or five years time and obviously Dillian's not going to be in his prime then or whatever but I think with proper boxing and let's not forget boxing was uh, his first ambition his, his first love before he got into mixed martial arts I think that he could probably he could he could get through a lot of the lower rank guys and I think even if he was to be matched up with Dillian White he could cause Dillian some problems how now you see that was my thing okay there are only so many <laughs> yeah, characters yeah. we had to play with but that was my thing how could he cause Dillian White problems considering how fast Dillian is considering how precise he is considering the power that he has and the footwork as well and head movement how tell me how sometimes hey man sometimes Dillian can just be like he's eating sloppy joes man some of the punches he could throw he can be sloppy so and i just think <laughs> to, to, tell anthony to, joshua to, about to, sloppy oh. put him on his ass yes. twice yeah but okay but let's Amateur not forget let's not forget yeah, okay yeah but yeah exactly oh, okay that's that, 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 okay. that that's 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 a solid point that's a solid point but at the same time i just there's something about it. There's something about. Like, I feel like I'm channeling the the inner Conor McGregor fans before the Floyd Mayweather fight. But if he lands, if he lands, it's gonna. Yeah, you, know, you sound like gonna, me. Yeah. You sound like me. Yeah, that was me. If he lands, 
Yeah, if you learn. <laughs> nah, there's, there's just something. I, I don't know what it is, man. I, I just got that. I just got that feeling. And I'd, lo- I'd love to see. Well, we don't have any tangible evidence. We haven't seen Francis in a boxing match. If we if we had seen what Francis has done in previous boxing matches, I don't know if he's had any sanctioned boxing matches. So I'd assume it'd be amateur or just sparring fights that we'd be going from. Then we'd be able to draw a more informed conclusion. But I think he's it's it's just terrifying, just terrifying. And I mean, if I I think I think Francis Ngannou probably has more power than than Anthony Joshua for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, Francis Ngannou, to quote uh, the wise wizard that is Farah Sahabi, he has literally the touch of death. He yeah, literally he touches a man and they crumble. So whether that would translate to eight or ten ounce gloves, I don't know. But I I just have a feeling that he that he'd beat Dillian. So hold on and a minute. If, is is Francis Ngannou more powerful than Derek Chisora? Oof, I don't, I, I, I don't know, man. That's uh, remember, remember, I can't... White wrecked Chisora. Remember that? Yeah, this. Yeah, oh well, he didn't win the first fight. Let's not. Let's not. Let, let's okay. Let's call the spade a spade, right? He didn't win the first fight. That was a gift of a decision. But um, yeah, it's uh, as, as, you, as you said. I'm, I'm a big fan of of, uh, of Chisora as well, man. War Chisora, but yeah, he did. Uh, he left him. He left him spangled and seeing stars. Yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, I I stand by my statement. If this fight comes to fruition or whatever, <laughs> and Francis gets put on his ass, I will make a public apology <laughs> for, for That's what's going to happen, and I will I'll revoke my rights to uh, to making outlandish claims on the broadcast. Viewership might go down if that's a cue, if that's the case. I swear, as well, you're from yeah. South London. But I swear, you're from South London. No, 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 no. So no, I'm well. I well, I live in south uh, southwest London, yeah. Right, but that, right, yeah, but that, that you went against. Yeah, that does. You went against our very own, first of all, London-based Dillian White, and you went against our very own South London-based Dillian White. <laughs> hey, just cause, just because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm surprised Jimmy. you. I'm surprised you haven't used the word heresy yet to describe <laughs> to, to describe me saying that, but. Yeah, I, 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 I just have a feeling. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I've been drinking, drinking too much of the Francis Kool Aid, or whatever. <laughs> Perhaps I've been drinking straight from the well. But uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> Kairos, he isn't even engaging properly. He's just like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Dude, like I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not the biggest boxing fan. But I'm gonna tell you mm-hmm. this: Francis Ngannou is sloppy. Yes. We have. Francis Ngannou is so sloppy, and we have—he hasn't shown us that he's learned anything from losing at, to Stipe. He's shown us, all right, great. I can bum rush you, and if a person has no answer for it, I'm gonna finish him. Or oh, I could put the pressure on you, and people are gonna crumble. But guess what? All I saw was him throwing ugly uppercuts, ugly hooks, ugly every everything. This man throws ugly, is ugly. Yeah. He's gonna get exposed. He's gonna—it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, speaking of blasphemy and heresy, so you are telling me the Overeem uppercut was ugly and that was that was sloppy? No, but I'm telling you, Jarzino Rosenstrick, yes, the entire was fight was sloppy. Okay. That was the most sloppy <laughs> shit I ever seen. Well, I think I think that the, the sloppiness uh, that that was that was born out of of pure confidence. I think he just knew. He just knew. <laughs> you know, he, he just he knew. Just knew. <laughs> He's like, I, I, 
don't need to be co- I, I don't need to be crisp and technical here. If I connect, I'm, I'm gonna Biggie Boy is gonna be out, and lo and behold, that happened, and it didn't look pretty. Like the the way that he came forward, it it it, it didn't whatsoever. But I, I I stand by my statement. I stand by my, I'm I sound like a like I'm promoting Francis Orm as a manager or something, something like that. Don't bet money. That's that's not the case. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Wocast. If you wanted to, as usual, comment on anything that we've said via Twitter, I'm at Mike TV. Gents, where can you be found? You can find me at Chisanga underscore Malata on Twitter and at Instagram. You can find me at Kairos and May on Twitter. The DMs are always open, ladies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Until next time, make some trouble. <laughs>